much fun to be with you here on the Carolina Outdoors. Bill Barty on this side of your radio dial. And Wes Lawson on this side. Bill, three great iconic American heritage brands. Tell us more about that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about them. Of course, one of the heritage brands here regionally is Jesse Brown's, where we hang our hat. Ooh, well played. 52 years Jesse Brown's has been outfitting for the outdoors and people's pursuits outdoors. Uh, whether it be hikes, whether it be trips, whether it be fly fishing, all of that continues to be popular at Jesse Brown's. And of course, Wes, you've brought in the uh, uh, State Department affiliation at Jesse Brown's where you're helping to advise people not just for these hiking trips, but also international travel, Mm -hmm. things that they should be looking forward to, expecting do's and don'ts in certain countries. And then sometimes it's countries simply not to go to yeah and those all do come up it's surprising some of the places in the world that people are going the world continues to get smaller and smaller and smaller and we recognize that at jesse brown's but sometimes it's fun to focus on what we have here in the united states and these three heritage brands have started all in the 19th century And now they are at different iterations, many of them different ownerships, but they continue to uh, be relevant, I guess is the term. And I thought we could talk a little bit about these uh, brands, one of which is continued to be a family-owned company. It started in 1863, headquartered in Portland, Oregon, one of the few woolen mills still in existence in the Pacific Northwest and in the United States, really, they have two mills uh, there, um, and it is Pendleton. They have been there since 1863, and at Jesse Brown's, we're talking about them a little bit because not only of the popular outerwear and clothing that Pendleton has, but they have the iconic Pendleton blankets, which have been an astounding gift for people to buy. Now, we have them, many of People will remember the Hudson Bay type blankets, which are collectibles. Um, We have those type of blankets from Pendleton available at Jesse Brown's, and they will range really from a throw for $99 to a uh, larger blanket. I think Twin is the largest that we have on hand at Jesse Brown's for under $200. And they're... So unique in design. I mean, they're they're iconic. They really are. And unless your house floods or there's a fire, they're going to last generations. I mean, just like that company, they they really are timeless and they are warm. Those things have a, a sense of weight and purpose behind them. Um, well, you know what's so fascinating, Bill? Though, is that company for the first thirty or so years, forty years, it was real hit or miss. I mean, they they weren't always hitting a home run with the products. Um, just like today, the economy was a little bit off at times. Tariffs made it really hard to to um, import and export woolen products, and they had to keep evolving and adapting. And it wasn't until the 1920s when their, their really sort of iconic styles first came out, those wool men's shirts that are so good-looking, those designs, those colorways that people still go after, it's just, it's fascinating. Well, and one of the, uh, one of the companies that Pendleton did work for started in 1850, and, and, um, pardon me, Clinton C. Filson was born in 1850, 
Um, later on, he started the company Filson in 1897, over 120 years. Pendleton made blankets for Filson mm-hmm. so, and, and other companies. But as we move into talking a little bit about Filson, it is a company that started during the Great Klondike Gold Rush where thousands of fortune hunters headed into the Pacific Northwest, into the Seattle area before heading north uh, deeper into the wilderness. And Filson began outfitting them. In fact, he had a quote to our customers if a man is going north, he should come to us for his outfit because we have obtained our ideas of what is best to wear in that country from the experience of the man from the north. Not merely one, but hundreds of them. Our materials are the very best obtainable, for we know that the best is none too good and that quality is of vital importance. You can depend absolutely upon our goods both as to material and workmanship, unquote, according to Filson. And really, that's what they did. So put in your mind heavier canvases, heavier wools, outfitting these workers for heading into the mountains for the gold rush. Well, and along those lines, you know, they talk about a diary entry from 1897 from a prospector in the Yukon, Hume Nisbet. And he says, try to recall your sensations on the coldest night you have ever known try to intensify the most bitter ice blast that has ever pierced your marrow by a thousandfold. Even then, you will not be able to realize spring in the Chilkoot Canyon, far less midwinter in the Klondike. I've never had wind pierced to the marrow. <laughs> you know, that gets just insane. And some of those products, just in a slightly updated version, still exist today. They do. And they're made similar to the way they were made way back then. Of course, they have uh, continued to change over the years as the gold rush became uh, less of a of a pursuit for people. Um, the timber industry continued to grow, mm-hmm. and then the hunting um, um, uh, pursuist pursuist uh, came in. So Filson has kind of continued with that legacy. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a pair of Filson Double Ten Chaps for about 20 years. They're standing in the laundry room. They're that durable. <laughs> um, you know, we both have some of the Mackinac wool pieces and are, you know, I look for reasons to wear that stuff. It's just, it doesn't it doesn't quit. Last quote, and this came from uh, Clinton C. Filson in the 1914 catalog. Quote, the goods we quote must be not be confounded with the cheap and vastly inferior grade with which the market is overrun. Such goods are not only useless for the purpose for which they are intended, but the person wearing them would be better off without them, unquote. You know, Bill, both of those brands, Pendleton and Filson, have really in the last few years seen a, a real uh, heyday in a more mainstream way. Um, and part of that's thanks to Kevin Costner and uh, Yellowstone. You see a lot of those products, um, and they're not even necessarily placements. They were intentionally brought in because it exudes a certain, you know, older spirit, toughness, that grit. Um, But we still sell quite a lot of those briefcases to New York City or Los Angeles. But in the last couple of years, those two brands have really seen a huge interest in the market. We should talk a little bit about that. And if you're just joining us, we are Wes Lawson there, Bill Barty here. We're the outdoor guys from Jesse Brown's here on the Carolina Outdoors. Whether you're listening to us via 
the airwaves of WBT Radio as we blast up and down the eastern seaboard early on a Saturday morning. Or maybe you're listening to us via podcast, highlights of the Carolina Outdoors, available wherever you may listen to podcasts, including our website, jessebrowns.com. Welcome aboard, everyone. We're talking about iconic American companies that we have on hand at Jesse Browns and at jessebrowns.com. We invite you to go over there and shop. If you're a listener to the Carolina Outdoors, we have something for you. It's a discount code for you. One five. With that, you'll get a discount on any of the products that we have there available at Jesse Brown's, except for the Yeti coolers. And Wes, I wanted to come back to the Yellowstone. Yeah. Part that is a soap opera. I don't know if our Carolina Outdoors listeners, if they have watched that program, but it they is have. a they have watched it, haven't they? What is it about that soap opera, if you will, that kind of tickles our fancy as looking into the American West, uh, the inspiration of the American West, the uh, the ruggedness of wearing a Filson uh, jacket, or maybe uh, covering yourself with a Pendleton blanket, or maybe on a fly fishing trip they're using a, a Sims waders mm-hmm. or a fish pond luggage piece. All of that that we have at Jesse Brown's seems to have been not necessarily, as you said, placed, but it has been used because yep. of its authenticity and, I guess, appeal to to rugged Western people. Stuff just holds up. And, you know, and if it's going to be a story about a multi-generational original Montana family and the ranch they're going to hold on to, you kind of want that rugged holding on to kind of spirit. But, you know, Bill, our third brand here, Duckhead, 1865 was not a good time to be living in and around uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And so any company that was going to make it had to be, um, well, probably fiercely independent, but also really on the cutting edge of repurposing materials and knowing how to stretch a dollar. And that's what the O'Briens did, Joe and George, when they were buying surplus Army tent material, duck canvas, to make pants and shirts. The pants I can get. But in 1865, putting on old tent material as a shirt, woo, that would have been rough. (laughs) Um, But the O'Brien Brothers Manufacturing Company was born and would stay that way until the 1970s when it became Duckhead and became sort of the southern preppy icon that if you grew up in this region from the mid-70s on, you or a, a male in your life had some Duckhead pants and shorts and shirts, maybe to dress up, maybe to paint in or cut the grass, but you own some of that stuff. It became a standard in Southern fashion, to your point. And I didn't know this, but it started uh, in, well, not it didn't start, but 100-plus years after O'Brien Brothers started and the Duckhead brand came into a, an existence, Ole Miss, the yeah. Ole Miss Campus Bookstore, is where the first batch of Duckhead khaki pants uh, were sold into, and from there is where they took off. Yeah, you know, Forbes magazine said for a preppy Southern college guy in the 1980s, Duckhead apparel khakis were as indispensable as a pair of worn topsiders in a pink polo shirt. That's probably still true, although I will posit that the new iteration of Duckhead, the pants are better looking and more comfortable Though that yellow stamp with the with the green mallard is a little bit smaller. Well, now I guess that's part of the morphing because they have gone from being a, a hardcore canvas pant uh, everyday 
pant essentially to a more refined look still the still rugged duck head way but uh, you can wear it in many 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 mm-hmm. situations but they are a finer bit of goods here in the 21st century than maybe they were in the 19th well, you know, Bill, before I moved down here, we lived in Lynchburg, Virginia for a number of years, which is right where Duckhead shoes were made in the 90s, early 2000s by Old Dominion Footwear out of Madison Heights, Virginia, right across the River James from where we lived. And that place, when they were making them, that was a lot of leather. It smelled pretty good. <laughs> that wraps up our, our session on the three iconic companies that we have Uh, with American Heritage at Jesse Brown's. Check them out at jessebrowns.com or stop by and see Wes or or myself, Bill Barty, at Jesse Brown's, located in the heart of Charlotte's shopping district, the South Park area, at Jesse Brown's.